Hello, and welcome to Fucking With Parsnips, yeah. a, a podcast <laughs> cooking program led by Ryan Mossbarger. Like, don't, don't take it the wrong way, but they're like peppery carrots, and I stand a peppery <laughs> carrot. <laughs> I don't know if you guys could tell what we were talking about before we started rolling, but uh, this is actually Dice Populi, uh, typically a... Um, a tabletop role-playing anthology series, uh, series. Uh, but today we are doing our bonus episode that we do on the fifth Wednesday, whenever it occurs. So for April 2020, I am Colin Ketchum, and I am joined by... Uh, hi, this is Matt. And also... This is 2020, and this is Ryan Mossbarger. Welcome to the future. And we are here today because our story of trouble in paradise has nearly ended, and uh, with this extra week in the rotation, we are going to answer some of your questions and give some behind-the-scenes just information and updates and have an all-round chill conversation for about an hour or so, make some announcements, and do some fun stuff. So, uh, if you guys are feeling it, do you want to start talking about uh, the, the podcast? It's pretty meta instruction i suppose but so i guess in, what we're in here our to do. podcast we're currently playing dungeons and dragons where we roll dice and we each have our own characters and it's a great time i went a little too broad let's try to zoom in a bit <laughs> thing is there the, the i think the real critical point that one must ask themselves about our podcast is do we have dungeons and or dragons and i'm searching my memory and so far i am found wanting um, <laughs> that's true we which, ha- which belies the point without dungeons and or dragons are we a dungeons and dragons podcast no we are a tabletop anthology series a tabletop role-playing See, anthology I hear, series i hear words but i don't hear meaning philosophers will ask this question for days <laughs> well, just days not forever just a couple of days and they're gonna realize it's a real dumb question and move on with their dumb lives <laughs> so uh, over the next <laughs> Over the next hour or so, you're going to hear us belabor every single point the way we just have. Uh, But we're going to kind of cover some of our fan contributions, shout out some of you awesome listeners. Uh, We're going to answer the questions that you've asked us about Trouble in Paradise and the podcast at large. Um, Then we have a little bit of housekeeping. And then I think we might give you a bit of a tease about what is to come. So it's going to be a fun hour. Let's buckle up and roll. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you mention that we have a promo? Uh, yeah, that is – toward the end, you're going to hear uh, some information from uh, one of our friends uh, on Twitter, a fellow uh, tabletop podcast. Uh, they, I think, are also not Dungeons & Dragons. So. They are. They are strictly Pathfinder, which is so, like Dungeons & Dragons, but older harder. more complicated. <laughs> It reminds, it's like in Parks and Rec, Cones, Cones of Dunshire too. It's like the reviewers labeled it punishingly intricate. <laughs> well, let's let's jump on in. The first thing that um, I want to say is uh, Trouble in Paradise has been created, uh, conceived, and run by Josh Palumbo, who has done such a bang up job. And I'll say it right now: where there was after this, there is one episode left of Trouble in Paradise, and you're going to get to see how the roller coaster is finally going to wrap up. We're not going to spoil any details there. Uh, but what? You, I have they... all these spoilers. What? I'm just supposed to throw Damn out? It. Now we got to put them away. Could you please put the spoilers away? There are children Oh, here. no. My... Oh, I'm gonna... I just spilled all my spoilers, guys. Fuck. Matt, can you please help him mop up his spoilers? Uh, no, because social distancing. Ah, yeah. shit. 
the spoilers will have to stay. No, so the next episode will be the final installment of Trouble in Paradise. And uh, we... It may seem strange that Josh is not present to discuss his adventure. Now, that is because we actually have a bit of an announcement that may hit some of you a little hard. Uh, Josh Palumbo, after concluding Trouble in Paradise, will no longer be part of the Dice Populi program as it currently is. Uh, he has been such a critical part of every point of this podcast and its development, uh, both his conceptions and his feedback and uh, everything that he's brought to the game itself, including the uh, ever-memorable Edmund Montgomery Blackwood. But he has decided that uh, playing D&D for an audience is not exactly the way that he wants to play. So I think we all want to give him an enormous thank you for everything he's, he's, uh, he's done for us. Um, and today, because I talked to him when he planned the adventure, I'm going to try to answer all the questions I can about Trouble in Paradise, Josh's most wonderful creation. Yeah, we're uh, we're pretty lucky to you know work with him. The dude's been playing D and D for God knows how long, um, and I I was really a, a big fan of his uh, jazz style, where he basically just makes it up <laughs> as it goes along. And the dice he plays are a little something right. like to call jazz D and D. It's it's a great concept. Like it's it's awesome. Um, it is. But yeah, we're definitely going to miss him, and uh, Maeve is going to miss her friend. Yeah. Yeah, we're all going to miss him. He, yeah, it was really fun. I very much enjoyed his adventure. I think it allowed Cult to be Cult in his most turtly way possible. He was a great foil to Cult, or was Cult yeah. a great foil to <laughs> Edmund? Yeah. <laughs> now, so now yeah. please bear with us as we transition into seasons eight and nine of The Office Territory, and we oh, apologize. God so damn. Oh, no. The- <laughs> We've gone too deep. Time to end. No, no, honestly. Does that make me Jim? And Colt is definitely Dwight. Is am I? Am I crazy? No, I think about it. Can you say Bears beats Battlestar Galactica in Colt's voice? Because if Bears beats Battlestar Galactica, it sounds perfect. It sounds like it was written for Colt. Like it really. I think Locke is is more Jim because he's just kind of standing there like, oh, what the fuck is happening? I don't care. Looks to camera. Fuck this accent. This is dumb. (laughs) So what is that? Does that make does that make Maeve a Pam? She's more of an Aaron. More of an Aaron, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see Aaron. Oh, Aaron. So a less good Pam. (laughs) Damn. You're gonna you're gonna take that downgrade. (laughs) Um. So the first thing that we actually want to spend some time on is just shouting out some of uh, the fan submissions. So we mentioned last time that we were going to start seeing uh, listener-submitted names. So as many listeners may know, if you tweet at us on Twitter, we take down either your tag or a name that you've given us to include in the show as character names. Previously, the only ones uh, that we included were Chester Winterbottom and uh, Tamara De La Clark and Blessings Eve, but... The day, like the first day that we had our list together, Josh went right down the rip and he included the names Tony Lyons, uh, Olivia, Jared, Bubba Jimenez, and then Florence, the, um, uh, the, the, actually, the cat. Yeah, the cat, the tiefling bard that we met a couple episodes ago. Uh, that character entirely was pulled from, uh, submissions by, 
uh, by fans. So thank you to Tony Lyons, uh, who's, I think, at LyonsSendsPhoto, uh, Olivia, uh, at little.olive.tree, uh, Jared was by GCU Gravitas Failure, at ZorkFox, uh, Bubba Jimenez, and I, God, I love the name Bubba Jimenez so much, um, was from at Hubba Lova Bubba, <laughs> such a good Twitter tag, uh, and Florence was submitted by Robert Kegler, so um, he was able to pull a bunch of those. We have plenty of more names in the list, and we're going to keep pulling from them, but uh, you guys really helped us populate Turtle Bay in a fun way, and we really thank you for it. Uh, we're going to always try to find fun ways to work some of these in. It's a great day for Turtle Bay. <laughs> a great yeah. day for Turtle Bay. So um, <laughs> beyond that, again, we're always, uh, if, if you go to DicePopuli.com, it lists out all the engagement stuff that we do. Um, we uh, also are open to submissions for items. You're going to see some of those coming up in the coming episodes, um, more than we saw in Blessings Eve, and that'll be interesting. But um, as far as the active engagement rewards, we, since our last bonus episode, have released the first volume of the Dicey Water soundtrack, which was uh, unlocked by l- listeners giving us follows on Twitter and Instagram. Um, so that is actually available on like Apple Music, Spotify, even Tidal. Like it's all all sorts of places. You can just go and listen to music from like the first five episodes of. Uh, of dicey waters yep and that was all uh completely written and composed by uh colin and it really does make some good uh so, some really good ambiance um, thank you yeah i enjoyed it i listened to the full thing it was great very nice um i i hope that you weren't put off by the fact that one of the songs accidentally had several seconds of silence afterward that was on purpose i promise like our last the- upload <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, apologies for technical difficulties with the previous episode. Uh, has since if if you turn on the episode straight to Josh's sultry voice instead of the theme song, you if you go and listen again, you'll get the theme song. I promise. Uh, Making a lot of promises that I can't keep. So we are actually pretty close to unlocking the next volume of the soundtrack. If we get a total of 500 followers on Twitter and Instagram, and we are over 400. Uh, then we'll release Volume 2, which is the music for Ryan's adventure, It Came in the Night. I'm actually pretty excited for that because it's less themey. There are fewer character themes, and it's more just the ambience of Stoneholm, uh, which, which I is really Ra- depressing. Yeah, which is a very bright moment in the history of our <laughs> podcast, that entire, that entire adventure. To give you an idea, when we were planning It Came in the Night, I asked Ryan, can you send me some examples of music just to give me an idea of the vibe you're looking for? And everything he sent me was basically razors on violin strings, yes. like the creepiest, <laughs> dankest shit yes. he could come up with. I was like, oh, he was like, I remember you said, he's like, is there anything else like besides like razors on violins? And I'm pretty sure I nope. sent you another razors on violins. <laughs> yeah, it was, all it was really just creepy. tuned differently. Yeah, it was. It absolutely was. Cause, uh, so I think I made that one song for the beast that was like really just kind of nasty. And the rest of it was just kind of sad, uh, sad and plotting. But uh, honestly, if you're, if you're looking for ambient music, I'm actually pretty excited for for that one i'm nervous for when people unlock the trouble in paradise soundtrack because there's it's just so much work i'm gonna there's so much music that i'm gonna have to put together but yeah. that is something that you can force us to do yeah make exactly. colin uh, do more work it's really <laughs> funny. or or make ryan do more work we're also not far from like new listeners unlocking yeah. the next pdf adventure 
which would allow you to play it came in the night. Uh, I am working on it still. I know I vowed to do it by the end of March because my fiance was in Texas doing training for the Air Force. But but then she, the world ended. Yeah, she came home early, and then the world started to fall apart. And then we had to. Big, long story short, our wedding date had to get moved, and all this other stuff is happening. So. Um, like we're fine, we're good. Uh, we've set a new date and everything, but it has been a it's been a lot of work. Fine. It's been a lot of work to get everything like repositioned and just kind of like figuring out this new normal situation. So uh, I've been very distracted and I haven't had a, a, a. I got about maybe a third of the way in total, um, and mm. then I got distracted again with all I this mean, other stuff that came. I, up, so. I guess that's a good excuse. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it'll, it's coming. I swear, it's coming. It's just my world kind of ended abruptly. Yeah. <laughs> well, so these are these are just some of the things that we will offer to like put out there for you. Um, again, I don't want to go into all the details because we've said it a million times. Dicepopuli.com. It'll tell you what you have to do to get some more free stuff from us. Excuse me, I almost just stuff. burped up that burger I made. My apologies. I might actually edit that one out. That was that felt so nasty on the inside. Um, and on the outside. I can tell and you on the outside. experience. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now we're going to get to sort of the, the bulk of the episode, which is, uh, again, you guys submitted questions asking us all about our podcasts in general and Trouble in Paradise. I will be serving as a proxy for Josh. Um, I think I have a lot of insight into the adventure. This might also help clear up how involved I am in, in planning each of these adventures. Well, if you're going to be Josh's proxy, you must encompass his being. You must get into character. I don't know um, how to kill you guys in an episode yeah, where we're not rolling say, dice. We, you need to. <laughs> just, we need to. We just need to roll for quick, it. Yeah, we need to have a quick scenario where you try to okay, kill hold, us all with a tree. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> oh, natural twenty? No, nah, that's not high enough. See you next week. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, that's pretty decent. <laughs> Pause for a second. So when we're going through reading the questions, can we go down the list with just the questions first, and then afterwards we'll just. Uh, like bang off all the people who submitted them just so it's not like oh this person has this question this person also has this question this person also has this question it's just feel like it'd be a little more streamlined uh actually i really like that idea that is a that is a fantastic uh question i'd say do you guys want to do like the general questions first or the trouble in paradise questions i i mean i i I put them in in, in... i think we go we do it loosey-goosey uh, do you guys just like want to take turns throwing questions at me then? And if you want to answer one, let me know and I'll read it to you. Uh, sure. All right. I think that's fine. Uh, what do you think, Matt? I'm good for whatever. Cool. Down for whatever. Uh, do you want to like roll for initiative to see who asks a question first? Uh, yeah, sure. Because I'm at that point in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Is 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 that how it went like replanning the wedding like honey <laughs> I didn't roll dice. well can I talk now I rolled a five okay I got a six <laughs> all right so. hey <laughs> all right Matt why don't you go ahead let's fire off these questions all right so first uh, submitted question uh, Colin uh, yes will we be using the new intro for upcoming episodes or will it be used for more non-canon episodes. So this episode, this question actually came in like the day that our last episode, our bonus episode aired, and they only come out once every three months. Uh, so you probably already know the answer. That little techno CGP sounding theme is only going to be for the bonus episodes. And I made it because I got bored. 
Because that's what he does when he's bored. Yeah. <laughs> God, I, I, I'm not even going to tell you what I've been doing in my quarantine time. It is it is kind of embarrassing. I don't want to uh, yep, know. It's, it, anyway, next question. <laughs> All right. This one is, was it Josh's plan from the, from the beginning to make the cat a person? I feel pretty comfortable saying the answer is no. I don't know for sure that he didn't think about it back then, but essentially... The concept of jazz D&D is Josh doesn't really have a plan. I think that Trouble in Paradise (laughs) might be the most he's ever planned out. Uh, And our conversation, like compared to Ryan, who was like very meticulous in his detailing, uh, Josh was kind of like, I have three big points in mind. And beyond that, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, so there are a couple of things that he had set, but as far as the cat person, I think that that was just an opportunity that he saw to do something interesting. He told me that, uh, when bait was going to be introduced, that he would have a similar collar to the cat. And I didn't know this because I had my own thoughts about the collar that are no longer canon because Josh got this stuff on air. And so, <laughs> which, which is like fine. That. That, that's, well, that's the rule. The rule we follow is it's not canon until it airs. And I actually really like that rule because it like, it makes me consider things differently. Uh, so I was totally blindsided and surprised. I, I do. Uh, and I think it came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I, uh, to answer like another uh, question that was submitted, we will see more of Florence in the future without yes. giving away any spoilers. Yeah, she she sticks around, uh, even though uh, Josh won't be uh, hanging around with us. Uh, I've tried very hard to, um, uh, and, and we've already recorded like the transition episode. I've tried very hard to like stick to what he left us, which gave me a bit of a headache at first. But we'll get there. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys are gonna love it. We we had fun at Colin's expense. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. All right. How did bait get there? Uh, my counter question: Where yes. is there? Uh, I I imagine bait just uh, the bait question is just like on the, the island. Yeah, on the island. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll answer this from two perspectives. First is when I was originally planning with Josh, he was like, "Hey man, do you want to play? Because like you're not playing." And I was like, "You know what? Playing sounds fun. Thank you for letting me have fun, Josh." Uh, we originally decided that I wouldn't play because I know the details of the adventures and we didn't want to like compromise anything. Cause but Colin's a disgusting metagamer, a disgusting metagamer. Not really. The, 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 the story itself though, I, I still knew the outline, but basically it was like, do you want to play? And I was like thinking of the big picture story that I'm going to have to flesh out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I play, I'm going to be bait. And he was like, that's fine. And then I said, I'm not going to tell you anything about bait. And he's like, that's fine. And what we decided on was that um, Josh would introduce bait improvisationally. (laughs) (laughs) So what ended up happening was in the first episode of Trouble in Paradise, when they were on that boat, or sorry, when they were in the water and they saw that boat and, and Colt was like, let's go to the boat. And then the bird came and got the boat, and then calls like, "Let's not go to the boat." Yeah. Uh, Bait had been sometime between Farpoint and this. He had been captured again, and he was in that ship that the rocks picked up, and then they dropped it on the elder tree. And that is that was the first time he fell out of the tree. He fell out of the tree off screen uh, in the cage, and um, that is how Bait came Despite to join. Despite all them. of his rage. <laughs> He's still just a bait in the cage. <laughs> nice. Will we know more 
about the necklace. I'm assuming this might be the the I think like gem like the thing? collar. Yeah, yeah the, the collar. collar that Bate had. Um that really depends because again, I had some thoughts about what it could be and then Josh was like it's this. I'm going to yeah, cut go in and I'm going to say yes, we will see more um with Ooh. the mage lords and their necklace and their necklaces and their uh basically how they yeah. actually view magic and I'm very excited to show that in the my upcoming That's campaign. A- that's a sexy ass tease right there. I wasn't expecting that. Um, so yeah, the answer is yes, and it is completely out of my hands. <laughs> Which is the best part? <laughs> Newsflash, <laughs> Mage Lord, super into bondage. <laughs> you should wait until you see the uh, the Mage Lord uh, ball gags and the Mage Lord assless chaps. Oh God. It's worse than cult being naked. <laughs> yeah, I did remark recently that cult is more or less Gandalf with a leather fetish. Um, in his appearance, oh, so yeah. He's a leather that was, daddy. that's that's what you were talking about when uh, someone started stealing money from me through my Nintendo account, and I stepped yeah. away from the mic. Yeah. So it's just me and Pat talking. <laughs> I think. Or it's me, Matt, and Pat talking. It's just like, so what do you guys think of like just considering like visually? Okay, so <laughs> well, hey, listeners, cult. tune in after the credits on the next above board episode to hear that conversation. <laughs> that's gonna be wonderful all right next Uh, question all right um did you josh expect them (laughs) us to have this uh the big party i think that's referring to the uh festival where uh we had the rumble in the sand and story time to awaken the oyster yes yeah so that actually was something that we chatted about beforehand um so some of the uh, originally I think the the pitch was, and I hope I'm not stepping on the next question's answers, um, the pitch was going to be essentially that this place is paradise, and a festival with different t- trials was one of the things that he talked to me about. So I don't, th- I think it took a different form than he intended. If you listen to chapters uh, 17 and 18, or 18 and 19, it, when, like, when we're like, hey man, thanks for the history of the island. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. That totally, like, scripted thing that I made up beforehand. Like, he knew it was going to happen, but, again, not the details. I think that was just him letting us do what we wanted to do. All right. You're up, Ryan. Is, I guess this is a general question, not specific, and it's kind of actually pointed at you, Colin. Mm. Will Bate join the gang from now on? Is he going to be an integral part of the crew of, I guess, uh, whatever well it's not the bell end anymore the bell end died yeah so. but as the of the as of now it's the friendship yeah the friendship <laughs> i a, a decision ryan very much despise. enjoys i despise it so. i love it i am so for it but but i like it thematically because cult is only looking for friendship and he found it yep <sighs> <laughs> so whether or not Bait is an integral part of the crew, uh, I'm honestly leaving up to everyone else. Bait is part of the story, whether or not he's part of the game. Um, he, he's definitely in, like, the next couple episodes, uh, but even I am not sure the extent to which he will be involved beyond what happens. Uh, we've, we've actually had no conversations about sort of like filling the gap of Edmund. So it really depends on story because there are multiple NPCs that I could potentially play. I think it's going to depend on what Locke 
uh, Maeve and Cult decide to do. So mm-hmm. you'll hear him, but I really don't know the extent to which he'll be around. All right. Actually, I think this next question is for Ryan. Yeah. So, Ryan, how did it feel to kill the best character in the game? And I'm talking about Bell's skull. Yeah, I I saw this question, and I, I posted immediately after seeing it. Um, and it, you know, I get along with Josh on a lot of things, but... <laughs> Him getting rid of <laughs> Bell's skull, I think, is probably the 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 biggest twist of the knife I have received so far in this podcast. <laughs> Even you guys attempting to leave me uh, at an at an above board, hey, just hey, trying to get away. There was a shark. Okay. Um, but no, it was very much a will. It was very much a castaway Wilson moment, as like Wilson gets blasted <laughs> off the side of the little deck that he has. So just I. I, I truly felt that way. I, ah, oh man, it was my first little necromantic work, and it, it'll sting for forever and always. I think. Um. All right. So the next question. Uh, you mentioned in game that there was a chance for him to pull through. Uh, I think this is referring to when we were trying to uh revive, um, revive Edmund. Sir Edmund, um, the first time. Uh, what was the adventure? Josh is gone for one episode. You can't even remember his character's name. God, have some respect. Okay, I am notoriously bad with character names, and you know this. <laughs> okay. Um, Captain Bubblebutt. What was the adventure going to look like with such a drastic change? So if Edmund had uh, came back the first time. So there's another question that we got asked that I think actually sort of answers this question, um, which is if Edmund hadn't been brought back to life, would Josh have switched over to playing Kaimana, or would we have made a whole new character? The answer is Josh would have switched over to playing Kaimana. Oh, man. So the fr- <laughs> Yeah, so the first thing... Oh, that would have been fun. So he and I were talking before he told me he w- he wanted to leave the show, which was he told me a few months ago, and he's like, I'll finish out my story. I'll make sure you guys are in a good spot. Um, he was like, he's a real champ about it, real helpful. But the original conversation that we had was um, Edmund is going to be in a life or death situation, and it's going to be up to the people to save it. So the roles... Um, I think he explained it in the in the episode after he died, after Edmund died. The roles were legit. He was actually mm-hmm. tracking numbers. He had his own system. And the fact that Ed- Edmund got resurrected, I think, is just a result of our choices. There was no guarantee Edmund would have survived. And had Edmund, like, maybe died earlier or had Josh stayed longer in the podcast in the event of Edmund's death, Kaimana was going to become the uh, the player character after that. He said he was really interested in like playing kind of a warrior princess, and that's that's who Kaimana was. Oh man, that would have been interesting because Kaimana does not like cult. <laughs> no, she does not. <laughs> it's just another friend to make. Yeah, I yeah. did not make many friends on that <laughs> island. <laughs> I think oh, Nana loves God. you deep down. Uh, I like I said I explained it very thoroughly. I am the crackhead like nephew that keeps on stealing her TV and selling it, a la Requiem for a Dream. God, every time I hear that, like I heard that in the edit, it took my fucking breath away. It was so out of left field. Like, hey, you know how we're on this beach with a bunch of large talking turtles? What if I stole your shit for crack? I'm like Ryan. You're in a different headspace than we are. Yeah. I'm just on a different level when it comes to yeah. crack, I suppose. Oh, God. <laughs> this is a general question. So also, so it says, also, also, I'm going to read it exactly. Also, also, more general question. I know you all don't record in the same studio. I'm interested to hear 
what your recording setup is, especially now during the pandemic, a lot of podcast groups can't meet up any advice on how to work around such a thing. Well, it's pretty easy when already one of you lives in Arizona, three of you live in New York, and one of you lives... Do you live in D.C. or Virginia? Where do you live, I live in Arlington, Virginia, which is a little suburb of D.C. and Virginia, Mm kind of. Gotcha. I I have access to the metro, so... Mm -hmm. So... Uh, so th- in terms of our recording situation, uh, the pandemic has not really changed anything. Um, our current setup is we chat over Discord with the voice-only channel. Um, we each have our own home recording setup and we record separately. I myself am currently wearing uh, some nice plaid pajamas with a small hole in the crotch <laughs> and a t-shirt with 12 pushings that says, I love kitties. Uh, what are you guys Jesus rocking right now? Christ. Um, I have a hoodie that I borrowed from a friend and never gave back. Uh, some <laughs> blue pa- plaid uh, pajamas. Um, and a empty beer can from last night. Ryan, what are you wearing right now? <sighs> I'm wearing a black t-shirt and jeans. Aww, <laughs> uh, fucking nerd. Uh, yeah, but I mean, our setup, I think, hasn't been super duper affected by it. I mean, I, I guess I have less social commitments that get in the way. I, can, I don't know, that, probably the that same That, I think, has been the easiest thing. Yeah, because I've been working from home, so, like, I still have those hours, but, like, I can do chores during the day. I can, like, I don't have to drive home. Like, like when my workday is over, it's a hard stop, and that makes it really easy to say, yeah. I can do whatever the fuck I need to do. I think, and I'm, I'm very I think, fortunate in that way. I think the biggest hurdle... Um, and, and doing like a remote setup is one everybody needs relatively decent and stable internet that actually yeah. came up one time I think before I think Josh moved uh, when right around the f- uh, yeah we oh yeah that and was really rough first, yeah. it was it was like our first recording yeah. his first place that he had just for that wor- first recording like he kept on dropping in and out uh, he wasn't getting good signal he also didn't I think he had roommates so he didn't want to go like right next to the yeah. router because like they were doing stuff they were watching TV so it wasn't really optimal so you have to have you know good Wi-Fi you have to have good internet to begin with and uh, there is some a, a small financial commitment you have to make like if you're all recording in one room you can really just set up one or two mics depending on your settings but if everybody's got to record separately that means they all got to yeah. have pretty decent mics they all have to have the ability to store that because i mean some of these recordings get pretty big you got to have the ability to store it and it also means uh just coming up with processes as a group which is something i yeah. love doing in general but like relatively similar naming conventions file storage uh recording yeah. formats uh synchronizing like a lot of little things that i think we take for granted it just because we built up the habits um, yeah. and there is like another thing like we don't do video chat i was actually gonna i was actually gonna say something about that um because we yeah. don't use uh visuals we don't use uh you know any sort of virtual tabletop um, mm-hmm. we we strictly do theater of the mind, yeah. which I think makes, which definitely makes it a little bit, um, easier, but I know with my yeah. other campaign, we run, we just started rolling on a, on a virtual tabletop system and mm-hmm. it, there was definitely like the little period of adjustment, you know, everyone trying to figure out how things work. Um, you know, then the shit show of combat, but yeah, yeah. you know, for yeah. the most part, uh, I think just in terms of the podcast, uh, our, our setups really haven't changed that much. Um, yeah, I, I think that I'd be open to a virtual tabletop thing, but I think the nature of us having five DMS, 
Uh, I, yeah, it's kind it, of shifting it, the account around. Yeah, who gets to, anytime someone makes a decision that affects the podcast, that's five DMs that have to make that decision too. So yeah. we we really try to like lower barrier for entry on all decisions. Um, like my job in the middle is to kind of keep everyone on the same page, uh, and part of that is like any ambitious idea that we have cool how does that scale to five people yeah. five hosts and, running the podcast and it, it and doesn't I mean, easily it's not even as simple as like having five different accounts on something like roll 20 because if you want to have your character built into roll 20 which is the easiest way to do it um like everybody has to have the same everybody has to buy the books because some of us yeah. are using classes that may not necessarily i mean you still have to just plain out buy the player's handbook which is still like 20 bucks and then somebody, depending on what feats we're using or what other stuff, somebody has to, or all of us, um, have to buy it. So because yeah. we're shifting the DM role so much, I mean, we all kind of have to own it. Or we have like a mm -hmm. shared account, but then who's going to pay for the shared account? You know, it's like it's all this. Yeah. So there is there's, some complications. There's a lot more logistics sure. involved with it. Um, but the, this, yeah. the current and setup we have now, it, it works. works and we're very well. thankful that uh, we haven't been impacted by yeah. uh, the pandemic as heavily as others. Yeah, it's been it's it's been very fortunate uh, for us, and I think that kind of dovetails nicely into the next question, which is, uh, well, I was gonna answer it, <laughs> but uh, actually, actually, no, tell you what, yeah, I'll I'll ask it, I'll get your answers, and then I'll answer. Um, so that dovetails nicely into our next question and the seamless edit I just did. Do you guys talk about the history of the world sometimes, or do you guys just go with it and then try to string it together? And I'm actually interested to hear your answers as people crafting individual stories within the setting and ryan who did a lot of the lore when we first yeah, started yeah i want to hear what ryan thinks i think it's a little bit of both so i i have i mean maybe it's more like a madman's writing than a coherent document <laughs> but like we do have this kind of wiki set up that has a lot of just general information my thoughts general um, information. i mean I really haven't done I you, maybe if for the for for a better reason but I really haven't uh like edited it with any of the information that we've made so far and I really haven't been there to like enforce it if like somebody yeah. wants to say oh this mage lord is like this I'm not going to be like well actually um and I think <laughs> well. even recently <laughs> when Matt was um before we started Matt, Matt's adventure and he was kind of I think tweaking some things he was asking some questions and like I gave him like my take on it, like what I believe it wasn't even stuff. I mean, was, you could kind of glint some of it from the wiki. Cause some of that stuff was in the wiki, but I kind of like emphasize some of the points that maybe weren't in the wiki. And I was like, but also like, that's my take on it. If you, if mm -hmm. that does not work for your story, no big deal. It's not like we have a published set of yeah. rules for. And and I think that's mostly where the idea of it's not canon until it airs comes yeah. from. Yes. Is yep. because it like, no, none of us have the bandwidth to, focus on things that we wrote a year ago exactly it, we just kind of want to tell the stories we're telling now and we i think we always try to be respectful of each other but it uh it doesn't really make sense to say no matt you can't tell this mage lord story because matt yeah. wrote this thing a year ago based on a thing colin wrote a year yeah. and a half ago <laughs> right right it's like it's, 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 it's like reading it's like trying to decipher the layers of tolkien as he iterates a yeah. story it's just like which Think, version is right who cares tell the story you yeah. want to tell things are intentionally kept vague so like big decisions we definitely i i think we talk about like regarding you know, what do we want the mage lords to look like? That kind of thing. But then as far as like their whole history, we definitely kind of string it along. But we definitely, we do a lot of uh, 
bouncing of ideas behind the scenes just to make sure because we're basically running five separate adventures so we want, still want to make sure that everything um you know everything is cohesive um from a narrative standpoint yeah so i have a i have a bit of a different perspective as the headmaster because um could you like give yourself your own title <laughs> i had i came up with it a while ago and now it's you're stuck, gonna start yeah. dumping on me for it? okay okay months. months after the fact <laughs> how dare you stick to your decisions colin we just said we don't do that i decided i don't like that anymore <laughs> i decided i'm a hypocrite <laughs> um no so as the person kind of stringing all the campaigns together um like I have an idea for how this campaign will wrap up, but it's super big picture because I have no idea how Matt's game is going to impact the world and then how Pat's game is going to impact the world. Oh man, so, Pat's but, such a wild card too. Like oh in God, all yeah. honesty, I, I have yeah. not he talked to me months and months and months ago when we were all starting, kind of like writing our adventures and I have no idea what he's going to do, and I'm a little bit frightened of what Pat's going to do. <laughs> so, it's all going to be the ska. It's going to be ska music-based adventure. It's going to be my, set in the warehouse level of Tony Hawk Pro Skater yeah. 2. My, no, that's uh, the first my very, my very first ever D&D campaign was uh, with Pat DMing. Um, we just went through the Lost Mines, and my yeah. character died within five sessions, uh, <laughs> which was great. I got stabbed in the face by a bugbear. Uh, yeah. He almost killed me. You know what? He did the same thing to me. We we were playing Lost Mines of Fandelver, <laughs> and he fucking tried to kill us, too. So, oh, my God. I got to tell you, you guys about this story. He just gets a hard on whenever he like hears Lost Mines of Fandelver. It's like, I'm going to get to murder someone like Josh. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, no. So the the my relationship with it is a bit different because uh, – I what I try to do and uh Ryan you were sort of like you know the oldest child like the parent has no idea how to be a parent so just fucking go for it and I was really (laughs) hands off with um I just kind of nodded along through most of the uh Stoneholm adventure it came in the night and I was just trying to learn from how Ryan wanted to tell his story and build the world and then I went to Josh and he pitched his adventure and I was like Without spoiling Ryan's games, here are, like, the elements that you need to be aware of. And I had a lot of learning experiences with Josh as well, especially because he, like, he was hard committed to his style of DMing, which is correct. And every time I started to step on that with, like, hey, we need to stick to this piece of canon or this piece of the world. And he would kind of put me in my place in a way that I really appreciated. Uh, it really came to a head, actually, when we were recording episode 15. And I like I didn't tell him anything about bait. And then he threw me off a tree. And bait <laughs> survived. I had to, I messaged Josh on the side, and I was like, hey, bait has like a lot more health. So could you actually roll the damage? And uh, he was that was a little tense because like I didn't share enough information. I think, Matt, my relationship with you creating a game so far has been pretty positive. I've passed on what we need to know from you or is to Pat. I don't think we've yeah. had any real friction. Uh, I've, it's discussing the world when you're trying to generate the whole campaign as a matter of trying to give you know Matt and Ryan and Pat and Josh the freedom to do whatever the fuck they want to do, but also make sure that when their adventure is over, there's a reason to keep listening. Mm-hmm. And that's the extent to which we talk about it. Beyond that, again the florence the cat scared the shit out of me and if these guys do that i gotta live with it and then that's just what we move forward with and i I actually (laughs) i'm really excited by that as a method of storytelling yeah all right so the next question edmund's facial hair situation 
has the beautiful mustache fallen prey to elf genes? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Actually, uh, Ryan, can you give your opinion on this? Because you know more about the nuts and bolts of D&D than I do. It was the reincarnation spell. He went from half-elf yeah. to high-elf. Would his so, what would happen to his mustache according to the rules anyway? I like I don't know if there's any hard fast rules in D and D about facial hair, but <laughs> I do know in general like if you're talking about the general milieu of uh, of high elves, they don't have facial hair. So I mean maybe uh, I guess he was he is still DM of that adventure, so maybe uh, he could if we can get him back for this question, maybe we can text him and <laughs> well, ask him if I think if you recall in the episode, Ryan, you were needling him a bit about like. Well, why not this? Why not this? And he said, "Cause it's fun. Shut up!" And we all laughed. Yeah. And and honestly, like any time that it comes down to like, well, the rules of D and D say this, uh, similar yeah. to he's definitely rule of cool. Yeah, yeah, rule of cool. I think is the way to go. Um, it's uh, I think of D and D as a tool set more than I think of it as a place. So if Edmund the High Elf has like a blonde mustache, Edmund's got a blonde mustache. And I'm, I'm hey, fucking fine with I don't know, man. It. If you want to, we should sage advice this. And if we disagree, that means uh, Jeremy Crawford <laughs> gets to come down here and whoop Josh's ass. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the D&D Beyond for High Elf to see if they have anything specific about body here. And uh, I'm going to do a quick little search here. Control F hair. <laughs> uh, let's see here elves have no facial and little body hair so they're oh, uh, canon well, canon I guess that's folks that. well here's the thing then a half elf also probably shouldn't have had it that way but to be well, honest i don't to be fair I, I, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna come back with you in dragon lance uh the famous margaret weiss and tracy hickman um half elf uh, i can't remember the name's guy but uh one of the the main characters he was able to grow a beard because he was half elf. Ah. well um, um I am going to stick to the guns of D&D as a tool set and also the guns of there are not canon uh, visualizations of these characters. The fan art we get is wonderful, but uh, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to lock into specific visuals just because um, I that can sometimes stifle the creativity of design because I also have yeah. to draw pictures too. I, um, I will say the you know rules be damned i the way i always kind of pictured it was that his mustache like he would turn into the high elf and his mustache just kind of you know started flapping its wings and flew off of his body (laughs) into the sunset you're mispronouncing it it's mustache as he says it and also uh for those (laughs) fact hunters out there the half elf in the dragonlance books was called tannis half elven and he was able to grow a beard very cool so i'm also uh, like balls deep in tolkien lore right now and i there the con- the times there have been controversy over like elf hair type and color like did you know that there's like a whole subsection of tolkien fandom that argues about whether or not legolas is actually blonde yeah because technically he's a dark elf he, he's a he's a wood elf a gray elf of the sindar yeah. so like the it, it's just i don't know it's a level of quibbling that i'm just kind of like let uh, let it let it be to the interpretation. Yeah. No, all, all right. elves must be purely Aryan. Um, <laughs> it's obvious. So the next question uh, was: There a specific inspiration for the island of Turtle Bay? Yes, there was. Uh, the it's original turtles. No, the original <laughs> pitch that Josh gave me was that this was going to be essentially Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Uh, what? Yeah. I do not get that at all. 
<laughs> but yeah. the original story that he laid out for me in sort of our abstract conversation was you'd get stuck on the island and it would be legitimately paradise and they would take everyone in and then the turtles would have a secret underground cult worshiping the <gasps> island itself and they would oh sacrifice Edmund and whether oh, or not you saved Edmund so much... de determined whether or not Kaimana oh, would be amazing. the PC. So that was the original, like, concept. What? Yeah. That's so good. So they were going to sacrifice Edmund if he lived? Uh, well, I, here's the thing. The current story, I think, totally abandons that idea. Okay. I, I think oh, it, man. Uh, no, to my knowledge, it's not like your story where there was a secret death cult we didn't learn about. Um, <laughs> oh, what, what has aired is canon. Nana, uh, Nana and the chief are, like, happy-go-lucky turtles, <laughs> and we'll get to see their farewell. Um, they are not... You know, they are not Indiana Jones villains, but that was the original concept of having a paradise with this dark underbelly. And I think the dark underbelly just went away in favor of giving us a story without like a, a central antagonistic force. Oh, my God. That would have sealed the deal between Nana and Colt. Oh, boy, guys. Uh, she's she's into killing stuff, too? Hell yeah. Uh, actually, that that uh, brings me to a question that, Ryan, I would like to ask you. Um, is Colt and Nana's shipping name Nult or Canna? Oh, boy. Uh... <laughs> Nolt. I like Nolt. Nolt, okay. Nolt. <laughs> Nolt. <laughs> oh boy. Uh Cult did not fuck Turtle. Um it didn't get it didn't get that far. Yeah, in case you guys were wondering what happens in the next episode, we do not have a ten minute sex scene where oh, Josh what? and Ryan voice their characters making love in the sand. Josh totally didn't quit the podcast because I cornered him and made him act out a sex scene between me, Cult, and Nana. That definitely did not happen. There's yeah. no proof of that. Josh isn't here to refute that, so you guys can shut up. Hey, uh, Matt, sidebar, can I talk to you over here without Ryan for a sec? Yeah. How do we, uh, how do, how do I submit a complaint to HR against Ryan? Uh, very carefully because Cult will kill you. <laughs> Maybe not the best thing for me to be joking about, but uh, but uh, there was um, the the chemistry was certainly palpable. Yep. Okay, yeah, guess, yes, it was palpable. <laughs> um. All right. So oh, our boy. next question: uh, What would have happened if Edmund didn't come back? Was that a possibility? One hundred percent, yes, because Josh was just rolling with the dice. I'm pretty mm, sure. Yeah. I think we kind of answered that already because uh, yeah. he was going to be Kamana if he decided to stay with yes. us, and, yep. yeah. uh, and that didn't happen. So, mm -hmm. but you're going to find out what happens uh, when Edmund doesn't come back eventually, because uh, we're gonna, again we're going to say bye bye to Josh, and uh, I think it's a I think he came up with a satisfying way to say farewell to yeah. to Edmund, uh, but so we'll get I'll to read, that, won't we? I'll read the next one. So we've kind of answered half this question. So uh, I'll read it all. Is bait? An official PC of the group now. Uh, parentheses, what exactly does he look like? I hear different descriptions all the time. First human, then drow, but is he pale? Uh, so I think we answered the first part. We said that bait is kind of, sort of, probably going to fill in the role for a while. And that's not necessarily in stone. It's up to Colin. Yeah. Um, but Honestly, Colin, I, yeah. you, have a, you have a pretty hard line about not giving out any descriptions of bait because you want people to kind of... Uh, 
come up with their own. Um, so do you have do you have any general yeah, things so, that you know for sure about Bait and his appearance? Uh, so the, the Bait is we constantly describe him as pale. He is a drow elf and greasy. Don't uh, forget uh, greasy. That's greasy. yeah. So uh, Josh more oily than anything. Yeah, Josh uh, permanently Slick. introduced um, Slick. Slick is Bait's dampness to the to the canon. Uh, which was another choice Josh made about my my designs that I was like, all right, here we go, rolling with it. Um, but uh, those descriptors obviously don't really always match the actual description of a drow. I think a while Tamara gave us some fan art of bait, you know, very white hair, dark skin, uh, as you would typically expect of something like this. Um, I don't have a single visual of bait in my mind. I think the spindly hair, like the greasy matted spindly hair is a big one. But um, have you guys ever seen What We Do in the Shadows? Yes. No. Uh, like the movie or the TV show? I've seen the movie. Uh, I've seen some promos for the TV show, but I haven't mm. uh, I haven't watched it yet. So in the in the TV show, one of the leads, uh, the character of, of uh, Nandor, he was he's from the Ottoman Empire from like 700 years ago. And the the actor, uh, Kay Van Novak, he has like like fairly, you know, darkish olive skin. But he is still painted over to be pale because he's a vampire. And I guess I, I kind of more or less imagine it like that. Like he had the complexion of a drow perhaps at one point, but it's like pale, not so much meaning white as it means washed out. And that's mm. like I, I almost imagine like someone just squeezed bait like a washcloth and now he's just shriveled and greasy, you know. So <laughs> even for a drow, which uh, hyster- historically and canonically are a, a race of elves that almost never see sunlight mm-hmm. you're saying that bait is even a layer above that and is <laughs> is so inured to <laughs> to sunlight so, so, so pale so uh, th- there are reasons for the paleness that like i still uh, also fun fact i like i what you the listeners know about bait is what these other players know about bait like i don't tell them anything it's and, inferior. It all, it, yeah, it all comes out in the role play. Yeah, um, Colin Bates by himself. No, <laughs> no, no input from the rest of us. He just does it with us watching. Um, no, it's the only time uh, we turn with, on the camera. Actually, yeah, with with reckless abandon. Uh, but uh, but it's still another situation where like we use D and D and we follow the races because the races have different mathematical and stylistic attributes but i don't imagine that the worlds of terralenter and the badlands have you know the same races of elves as every other dnd campaign again i think of it as a tool set uh to describe what we're trying to do unless that like this is where the drow elves live in our world it's 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 more just to describe like the kind of person bait is that's my thought on it. The mechanics are there so that we can play the game, but our story is our own story. And at the end of the day, whatever we say about our characters is what is true. Mm-hmm. Mm. Truth, truth, truth. Uh, did Josh have the magical replacement boat already in mind when he destroyed the Bellend? So like the death of Edmund, the destruction of the Bellend was... Uh, up in the air it was not determinate i you should have seen my face when he first said that he was like i was thinking of this island thinking they get dropped off i was thinking i might break the boat and i was like hold up like josh we called this operation boat if you're gonna break the boat like what what are we gonna do like i freaked out for a second um 
basically, all I left him with was, if you are going to destroy the boat, and I don't care if you do, just... You need to work with me on getting away off the island, whatever that is. It didn't have to be a boat. Uh, but he actually had this idea of the magical boat um, right off the rip. And uh, <laughs> Ryan, you're going to like this. Uh, my first thought when he was like, you have a boat that can turn into whatever you want. And I, I immediately said, Ryan's going to kill so many people with that thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. And then Josh was like, fine, I'll make sure they can't do militaristic stuff. I'm like, thank that's you. That's bull. Because you thank know you. what? <laughs> if, it was, if it was powered by imagination and we could envision any ship that we wanted, I would have made some, like, Davy Jones locker <laughs> bullshit. And that would have been amazing. Well, there have yeah. been so many dead bodies working on that There's ship. nothing to say hilarious. you can't do that. The only thing we have to stick to is non-militaristic. It's just that, that was a consideration because, again, Ryan, think of it this way. How could I then tell Matt, hey, Matt, just a heads up, they might be sailing into your adventure with a giant gunship that can right, do whatever right. he wants with I'm gonna start. I'm going to start Googling <laughs> images for Bone Barge and I'll see what comes <laughs> up. So while you're bone doing that, we got the last question oh, here for you, Oh, Brian. guys. Actually, oh, that, none of these are – all these are like Dungeons & Dragons related. It's kind of surprising. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's not a single dick on here. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, so we do have the last question here, and this one's directed towards uh, Cult. Uh, what will Cult do without any turtles or turtles around? Oh, man. Well, with the prying eyes of turtles and turtles, uh, he was on best behavior. And you'll note that his best behavior still uh, was pretty bad. So <laughs> we're just going to see... Uh, what happens? We've already technically kind of started playing into Matt's adventure, and I want to say I've technically I, at least. It, well, yeah, we, we kind of we, we did that first. We were like one foot in the door in Matt's adventure, um, so it's hard to say what will happen. I'm trying to I'm trying to have some emotional growth to Cult. Like he's learning. He's still sad that Edmund's not there, um, and you know he he's trying to have some emotional growth. You know he's uh. You know, just I'm trying not to play him so outrageous. I want to have some attempt at a at a, at a character growth. Um, so we'll see what happens. But we're just starting Matt's adventure, so not a ton of opportunities for like mischief and bullshit have arrived. Um, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up uh, the questions that we had. Thank you so much for submitting them. This is one of my favorite things to do because it's also like we don't. Like, revisiting one of our questions we just answered, like, we don't sit and talk about the world of this. Mostly when we're messaging each other, it's to send yeah. each other memes and jokes. Purely business. And links to am I the <laughs> asshole things on Twitter. It's just, like, it's it, – it, so it is fun to really sit with you guys and just talk about this thing, this crazy, weird, silly thing that we've made um, but shout out to all the listeners uh, that submitted questions. Uh, Duncan, Tamara, at Tamara2497. Zed Ployd, at Zed Ployd. James Schwartz, at uh, Schwartz James. Uh, Pretend Captain Lizzie, at Pretend Cap Liz. Uh, Elizabeth Wilcox, at Liz Wilcox79. And Daisy Sherwood, at uh, S-C-H-I-O-N-O-X. I imagine that is pronounced Shinox. Yeah, and one thing to note, James Schwartz, Elizabeth Wilcox, part of the Dimension Door podcast. Really, really cool people. We are uh, we are Twitter buddies, so I really appreciate them reaching out and sending us some questions. I, I enjoy them, and I enjoy their podcast. Yeah, so we actually have – we're going to give away 80 seconds of our time 
uh, to a little exchange that we're doing with uh, our friends over at Dimension Door, uh, trying to get each other into each other's things. So actually, take a listen. Here's a promo that they sent us as well as their fascinating questions. Hello, you magnificent podcast listeners out there. I'm James, the producer and GM for the Dimension Door podcast. If you're interested in listening to a mercenary... While they're trying to figure out who he is, I kind of walk over and try to shake him to wake him up. Hey, wake up. A wise woman... Do not touch my patient, sir. You typically do not shake a man near death. A doctor... Is he wearing glasses? Because if he's not wearing glasses, I could slap him, see if I could wake him up. But I wouldn't hit a guy with glasses. And a nurse. Well, it's almost like this uh, this poor deer here uh, got stuck in some snow or something. He's got some coldness going on in his nose and his ears. Work together to figure out the mystery of a snowstorm in the midst of summer. Check us out. If that doesn't sound interesting enough, what if I told you that one of them permanently shrinks 10 inches in the first episode? Two of them are bipedal rats and one of them is literally a witch. We have an award-winning sound designer, a written adaptation of every episode, and a ton of fun. If any of that sounds interesting, check us out as we play through Paizo's Pathfinder Reign of Winter campaign. You can find us at DimensionDoorPodcast.com, on Twitter at DimensionPod, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. So again, head to dimensiondoor.com. I'm on the website now. It is actually just like a clean, slick website with some pretty art. Um, man, I wish that I had uh, a little more bandwidth for art uh, to do something <laughs> like what these guys are doing. Uh, seriously, it's a lot of fun. Um, Pathfinder is also going to give you a plenty different flavor than what you get here. And I'm not an award-winning sound designer. so Oh, you do fine. I'm not completely up to date. I've, because I'm working from home and I don't need the distraction from people in my office. I've been listening to so many podcasts, <laughs> but it's really good. Um, I really like Pathfinder. I play Pathfinder with a group of friends. Not that much anymore because thanks you, uh, COVID. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It is kind of a kind of a version of 3.5s um so it's kind of like an older version of dungeons and dragons so there's lots of options it's an insane amount of rules but if you can you know hum it down a little bit it's it's a lot of fun and they're doing i believe reign of winter which is an official like piazzo pathfinder adventure which it seems to be really good i actually came across a couple of those books recently and i bought them and they are interesting to say the least um, and I also have to say, I am a huge fan of Marge and Norm Gunderson. They are like this Midwestern couple that are also rat people, and they are fucking adorable. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think uh, I'm looking at their website now. Zach and Amanda Kreitler, they are, I guess, married. So they have that kind of chemistry, and it works so well. It, like, it's so good. It reminds me of... Um, Reminds me of like a lot of eighty movies, eighties movies with like the stereotypical like Midwestern yeah. couple that's just like completely in sync. It's so good. <laughs> I'm also looking at their narrative adaptations now. Like this is something I fucking aspire to. So just having it's not like a, it's not a transcript. It is literally prose written of what happens in the show, and I think it's wonderful. So give them, uh, give them a listen. Give them a little love. You can find them primarily on Podchaser and DimensionDoorPodcast.com. And thank you guys for spreading the word about us as well. As always, we'll see you on Twitter. Hell yeah. (sighs) Oh, Josh. Joshy, 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 Josh. Where to start? Uh, I didn't know you before this podcast, and 
that is a damn shame because I feel like we shared a bond in several areas that our intrepid podcast mates may not have. I will miss being able to talk about fantasy football with you and have the rest of them be woefully uninformed about uh, Todd Gurley's arthritic knee at the ripe old age of 26, that poor fellow. But I think you really brought to light some concepts in D&D that I really hadn't thought about before. So my... Obviously, when, when you're DMing, you want your homies to have a good time while you're playing. You want the, the players to be engaged and having fun. And normally what I would do is make like a challenge that's pretty tough, but not really scare them too often. Obviously, like you'd have a couple boss fights that would kind of make it so that one person might die or a couple people get knocked out, but nobody actually wipes or anything like that. But your method of making it so that most encounters one person was going to pass out multiple people could have died and that level of fear really permeated the the air in all of your encounters which made me fearful which i guess is is your point but that that was a whole new level of thrill that i had never experienced in dungeons and dragons before so i really appreciate that uh, I will miss you. I hope you go on to bigger and better things without us. Poor, unfortunate souls who have to continue on this podcast. But I really appreciate you helping us start it out and going through the hassle of not really... like Being your first time recording podcasts, I assume. I don't know. I know that for me, my Dungeons & Dragons experience before this was always pretty personal. Never really had the intention of making content for other people to consume. And that's a whole different mindset that you kind of have to get into because you can't just fuck around with reckless abandon as much. You have to keep to a tight schedule. You have to work with people, be flexible, but still make something that's enjoyable to listen to rather than just enjoyable to play. And I really appreciate that. Your voice uh, being the only other accent besides a Brooklyn accent that I could do was really a little little inconvenient because I was hoping to be a little British boy, but, you know, maybe in the future I can take that on and have Sir Edmund live on in our next campaign. But So, yeah, anyway, I hope that you have a wonderful, fulfilling life. Don't be a stranger. You know, you have our Discord info. You have my number. You can text me with all your fantasy football advice or uh, questions, and I will be glad to help you out, and vice versa, I hope. Uh if you ever want to make a guest appearance, obviously, let us know, and I'm sure we'll throw you in there. But again, I appreciate you. I love you. Thanks for going on this journey with us. Take it easy. <coughs> wow, cut that one out there, Colin. All right, I gotta, I gotta call it down. I think, I think that's about it for our little bonus yeah. here. Just over an hour, um, unless well, we have um, we have one episode left of Trouble in Paradise, followed by a uh, an above board, which I will dungeon master as usual before we transition into Matt's campaign. 
Matt, is there any are there any more juicy details that you want to leave on the floor for the cats that are our audience that will lick it up happily? Uh, one Don't that was that a again. gross. <laughs> I've been I've been stuck in my apartment for six weeks with fucking three cats. Metaphor, never speak to me or my son again. Only thing I got to say is uh, I am looking forward to uh, to playing D and D. That's all I got to say. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm pumped. I am. I am in this stage right now where I'm I'm the DM for a lot of groups and I am I am fucking burning inside to play something and I am I'm so ready to blow shit up as cult you don't even fucking know. <laughs> uh, Matt, I have are, a lot of are, Matt, are you comfortable giving the name or would you rather wait? Uh we'll we'll wait a second. Okay, cool. All right, we'll second over. Yep. It's one <laughs> second. The name of the podcast are uh, It's completely literal. No. T- <laughs> the name of the campaign is uh, a second chance uh, DM'd by yours truly uh, where the travelers will travel to an island to do stuff. That sounds groundbreaking in the structure (laughs) of our program. You're welcome. Because they haven't done stuff. All they've done so far is kill people and flash children. So doing stuff sounds like... They've done a lot of things. Don't don't make it weird, all right? I, th- I think the naked man running around the beach where I have hours of the sound effect labeled children playing. I think that's what that's made it That's not my fault. That's your fault. <laughs> that's um, true. That's fair. It's that a bit sounds meta. like a you problem, <laughs> not a me problem. All right. Well, anyway, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back next week with the finale of Trouble in Paradise, and we hope that you very much enjoy it. It was a wonderful, fun, and emotional time for me. Uh, But before we head out, we don't read credits on our show. We just try to make it as adventure-concentrated as possible. Do you guys want to read some credits? It's just all variations of our names. Yeah. (laughs) We get to toot our own horns once every three months, Ryan. Created by Colin Ketchin, Ryan Mossbarger, and Josh Palumbo. Edited by Matt Canavan. Wow, what a stud-sounding name. Additional editing, sound design, and original music by Not Stud, Colin Ketchin. Artwork, artwork by... by Con- oh, oh, oh. oh, you got it. <laughs> artwork by Not Stud, Colin Ketchin, and occasionally our fans. Thank you, thank you. Social media run by Ryan Mossberg. You can find That's him me. at fucking with parsnips on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you have to change your handles now. No, I, our no, cast no. is Patrick Brem as Locke, the former Brooklynite. <laughs> Uh, me, Matt Canavan, as Maeve. Myself, Colin Ketchin, as Bait. Uh, I was going to do a voice, but Ryan likes to point out, Bait is basically just me, so who cares? It is. <laughs> uh, I, Ryan Mossberger, is, uh, is Cult the Bone Master. You know, gramma- gr- grammar, right? <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> and finally, one last send-off, a sincere, loving thank you to Josh Palumbo, uh, who has run Trouble in Paradise and played Sir Edmund Montgomery Blackwood. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.
Hey, everybody listening, uh, thanks for sticking around after the credits. Uh, we wanted to do a little something extra special uh, just to commemorate Josh's episode. So I think everybody knows this is coming out oh, what, April 29th. Oh, it's my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Dad. How you doing? Hi, cool. Oh, I got to text you. Um, so this is April 2020, so this entire month is the month number four slash... 20, which is very funny to a lot of people, but, um, the, the edit didn't quite turn out exactly the way we wanted, so I wanted to take an extra minute or so here at the end, pardon the bad audio quality, to essentially just pad out the length of a recording, which should now be, actually if I double check this, should now be about exactly 69 minutes long, so this episode will forever be 69 for 20. Good stuff.